0: And welcome to Deep North. I am Eric Pomerenki, and we are here today with staff writer Ragnar Tomas, who recently spoke with Icelandic musician Unius Mavant on his latest album, Guru.
1: The Wanderer, Unius Mavant, and his many tangents. Unius Mavant is always impersonating other people and all the people he impersonates are always yelling. His father, when he, Unius was learning to play the guitar. Could you play something else? His grandfather, on the eve of his 90th birthday, when told he needed to evacuate his home because of an eruption. I'm not going anywhere. He, Unius, when rousing his drowsy 13-year-old son in the morning. Why are you still up? You're supposed to be in bed by now he's got an offbeat sense of humor. It's like his family and everyone he knows come equipped with a rectally installed midget fuse bound shortly to be engulfed by a flame as if they were typecast Italian-Americans starring in some loud New York sitcom. But Junius' people are not from the Big Apple. They hail from a small archipelago on the south coast of Iceland called the Westman Islands we got there by way of the ferry Heriolut. The Westman Islands are famous for three reasons: one, a nineteen seventy three volcanic eruption that sent the island's confused population scuttling towards the harbor, prior to being begrudgingly evacuated to the mainland. Approximately a fifth of the town was destroyed before the flow of lava was stemmed by the cooling force of nearly seven billion liters of seawater, two, a seabird called a puffin, which boasts black and white plumage and a brightly colored triangular beak like some kind of gay British bobby. The Westman Islands are the species' largest breeding colony. And three, the annual national festival first held in 1874 to commemorate the thousand-year anniversary of Ison's settlement, and which every summer draws over 10,000 attendees, attendees who rarely find themselves standing perpendicular to the ground. I once attempted to pitch a tent on the festival grounds, only for a drunken youth to pass out between the tent pegs, and then another drunken youth passed out on top of the first. Eunius Mevant, whose real name is Unnar Gisle Seurmansson, has stories to tell about all of these three phenomena, and lots of other things, too. On the eastern edge of town, there's a fading yellow house with a roof of grey corrugated iron. A gravel path lined with skateboards and kids' bicycles, Eunice's three children, licks the entrance of the house, which Eunius calls home. Unius has recently departed his home, or so we've been made to believe, for the purposes of a food run. As we await his return on a cloud-heavy Thursday morning, I take note of the brake lights on the gold-colored land cruiser parked in Unius's driveway, which suddenly begin to glow red. The engine turns over and the cruiser stutters onto the street, and Unius, wearing an impish look on his face, "'points at us through the rolled-down window. "'I'm just going to grab something from the bakery,' he yells. "'Are you hungry?' "'I glance at my colleague, who shakes his head. "'You're not terribly upset, are you?' "'Iunius inquires, beaming like a naughty child, "'well aware that he's kept us waiting "'and that he's going to keep us waiting longer still. "'When he finally returns in a yellow coat "'and fashionable-looking pants,' Yuneus is carrying a handful of brown, brittle bakery bags, two of which contain a Parmesan pastry with a cheese dip. He leads us into his backyard, past a hippie camper strapped firmly to the earth, to a small garage that he's converted into a studio. It was here, he'll later tell us, that he recorded most of his new album, Guru. The album is ostensibly the topic of our interview, although that topic will prove something of a moving target, coming in and out of view like a clay pigeon as we the trap shooters endeavor to steady our aim. We've only just begun to discuss music when Unius tosses out a non sequitur, mentioning that my colleague looks a lot like Tim McGraw in the TV show 1883. My colleague hasn't seen the show, excusing any unfamiliarity with television-related references by the fact that he, quote, never has the TV to himself. Eunice, apparently unsatisfied with his justification, gestures towards the obvious solution, the acquisition of a three-storied house, precisely the kind within which he resides, so as to throw things into a convenient disarray. I'm always upstairs on the top floor, yelling down at my wife. Hey, would you like to watch some TV? Yunius yells, playing himself. Yeah, Yunius replies in the voice of his wife, high and effeminate. That sounds good. What are you watching? I'm watching this disgusting zombie thing, Yunius yells back. Oh, in that case, no, his wife says, disappointed. Well, at least I offered. That's on you. Another stratagem in Eunice's television scheme, he notes, is suggesting to his wife that they watch a romantic comedy, for he knows that the latter, despite her professed enthusiasm for the genre, will nod off after all of about ten minutes, at which point Eunice can watch what he wants. And she'll wake up just as some guy's head's being hacked off, he says and laughs. Despite being arguably the most famous musician hailing from the Westman Islands at the 2015 Icelandic Music Awards, Unius was awarded Newcomer of the Year and won Single of the Year for his song Color Decay, and he has also recently opened for Kaleo on their European tour, Unius has never been asked to headline the national festival. I'm not this guitar party person, Junius explains, making oblique reference to the droves of obscenely inebriated young people who attend the National Festival each year, and who are, given their state, more taken by sprightly pop musicians belting out trendy power ballads as opposed to the carefully crafted soul-filled tunes that spring forth from Unius's abundant imagination. The committee hasn't asked you to compose the National festival song, my colleague inquires. No, and I haven't sought out the opportunity either. I know who I am. I am red headed, and I'm the odd man out. Outside the narrow window behind the studio's mixing board, there's a piece of concrete jutting out from the lava field, which encroaches upon Junius' backyard. Junius explains that it was swept there during the eruption, adding that the lava fields are a popular attraction among tourists. Once, while he was working inside his studio, trying to troubleshoot some sound effect or other, he glanced up at his window and met the enraptured gaze of an Asian couple. Ooh, the couple swooned, as if having stumbled upon some rare natural phenomenon, which they most certainly had. Unia shrieked. Ah! They probably thought I was going to shoot them, he tells us. At the time of the eruption, which occurred on January 23rd, 1973, and which happened to coincide with the 90th birthday of his late grandfather, Unius's father had newly relocated to the mainland. All of his extended family, however, were still residing on the island, and as the family hurried to evacuate, his grandfather refused to leave. Until, Eunius says, all the women in the family started yelling at him. You get the hell out of here. Coincidentally, Eunius adds, if you want a picture of what my grandfather looked like, you can just think of halt or People had certain faces during certain periods of history, don't you find? Guru is Eunius' third full-length album. It was released in November and features nine songs. All of the songs seem to fit neatly within the soundscape of Június' oeuvre with the notable exception of the last track, Undravera, literally Wonder Being, which is over seven minutes long, written in Icelandic, and features a haunting male choir beseeching the good graces of some otherworldly being. It's a song that seems inextricably linked to the author's faith. Junius was raised in the Betel Congregation, a Pentecostal church founded in the Westman Islands in 1926 by a Norwegian missionary by the name of Erik Auspo. Junius' grandfather would later become the director of the congregation, and although Junius no longer frequents church gatherings, he still drops by on occasion. His roots in music can be traced to the congregation's many live performances. When asked about the man up high, Junius says that he believes in the God of the church, although he's not religious per se. God to me is more like a feeling, a kind of energy he observes. You know when the energy is good. You also know when it's bad. You can sense it. I first heard Untravera a day ago during an especially hectic errand run in the city of Reykjavik, and it's all I really want to discuss with Yunius. Listening to Untravera for the first time was like having the veil of reality abruptly withdrawn so as to expose another more naked reality residing below the first. Have other people experienced such a strong reaction to the song, I ask? No. "'I'm sure that very few people have actually listened to it,' Eunius replies. "'On this point, I inquire whether he thinks that his friends and colleagues "'offer genuine feedback on his music. "'Unius retorts that he doesn't want honest feedback. "'It's like having constructed a house from the ground up "'and then someone going, "'You know, the color that you chose. "'You shut your mouth. You get the hell out of here. "'I've built this thing already.'" Unius screeches at his imaginary detractors. I try to sustain the solemn note. It strikes me as very different from everything else that you've composed, but I'm not sure whether that's your experience. Yeah, sure, it's very masculine and very serious, Unius interjects. It's this very Icelandic kind of song. He tells me that the choir consists of a few guys from the men's choir Fostbaraur, alongside a few members of the Westman Islands Choir. Junius was listening to a lot of mariachi choirs prior to composing the songs. These 60s Mexican and Italian choirs, we have this kind of rhythm backing up the vocals, he says. At my request, he then sheds a bit of light on the lyrics. There was one sentence that my father helped write, which is the most badass line in the history of Icelandic music. I was sitting in the living room trying to finish the line throw a flame upon, and my mind was drawn to frozen water or something like that, and then my father, who was sitting there on the sofa watching some very macho movie, he's always watching these very macho movies like Rambo, but he always fast forwards through the speaking parts. I have no patience for these American-ass conversations, he'll say angrily. He's always very angry, but he's a good guy ultimately. And I'm sitting there singing Throw a Flame Upon, and he screams, what What about the hell-cold scythe of death? And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Do you like the song, I ask? Yes, but of course I'm always thinking of things that could have gone better, but I'm relatively happy with it. I wanted to do a very Icelandic song, No complaining or crying because I think it's sad how cloyingly sentimental music has gotten. Everything is so emotional and sappy. There are no real rock albums today. There's always someone singing as if he's singing a ballad to some crazy rhythm and doing these fancy vocals. It's rare that someone plays a song without caveating that song by gesturing towards a feeling of guilty pleasure. And what do you put on when you want that feeling, I ask. I listen to a lot of old stuff, a lot of soul music, I inquire, extrapolating on the sound of his songs. I actually don't listen to a lot of soul music. I listen to a lot of film music and a lot of old blues, folk. Is there any artist that has inspired you more than others? Well, Bob Dylan, I think. He's done so much. Tell us about the concert. What'll that be like? It's going to be big, Eunius declares and I'll be performing Undravera. I'm immediately sold. Yunius' personality is not at all toned down during live performances. On the following Friday, during his release concert at the Harpa Concert Hall in Reykjavik, Yunius kept telling people to get out between his songs. Turning to members of his brass section, upon finishing one of his opening tracks, You're fired! Get out! Addressing the audience a little later. Are there any Utlendings in the building? Utlendings is Icelandic for foreigners. About a dozen or so people call out. Yes, very nice, he replied, as if he were like the thousands of other musicians, leaning on this familiar cliché to establish rapport. But then that cliché received the Maván treatment. Get out, he screamed, almost in the manner of a fascist dictator. You get out of here! This is my family! And then he laughed. The concert felt very much like a success. The Elborg Auditorium was nearly full, and Reuben Pollock of Kaleo fame and the dozen or so musicians who accompanied Eunice on stage appeared to be thoroughly enjoying themselves. Briette made a cameo, and so did Kaukau, but what I was really there for was Intravera. During the latter half of his set, Eunius was suddenly joined on stage by a choir, and together they performed signals. He then played six or seven more songs prior to taking a bow and exiting the stage. I was momentarily confused and held my breath for an encore. And what an encore it was! The curtain rose to reveal Eunius standing among the choir, and as the band, located in the front, began to play the intro to the tract, I expressed breathless enthusiasm to my wife. Yes, while I lost myself in the music, feeling slightly conscious of my own giddiness, the rest of the audience seemed unsure what to make of it. The music grew louder than before, and the drummer and the guitarist seemed to allow themselves to be taken with a kind of Dionysian wildness as the thunder of the choir crescendoed and everything became wonderfully chaotic. The song felt very much like a digression from the rest of the concert, from the rest of Unius' body of work, but this was precisely its magic, for, in the words of Ralph Kaplan, nothing is more to the point than a good digression.
0: Well, thank you for that, Ragnar. It was uh, certainly a very lively portrait. (laughs) He's a very lively person. I admit um, I was only superficially uh, familiar with some of Eunice's work. Um, and just kind of, I mean, honestly, uh, most of my knowledge just kind of comes from pictures of like him with an acoustic guitar. And so I guess it was just really fun to kind of see this look behind the scenes of, uh, I don't know, like, like like this very kind of comical, like almost... Seinfeld style, like family dynamic, or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what has always like um, endeared me to Unius, and I I think I've done probably three interviews with him over the course of my career. And this sort of wild um, contrast between his music, which is very soulful and oftentimes gentle and thoughtful and very emotional, and, and then you know, you get this character who uh, can be very loud and he's always impersonating other people and making these jokes and going off on these tangents. And, uh, yeah, that's sort of always fascinated me, these sort of two signs of his personality and character and maybe the rift between, you know, he, who he is, Kistler, and then the sort of musical persona of Junius Maymont. Sure. And not to kind of pin
0: anyone down with genre tags and stuff but you know just for people who haven't heard Eunice's work uh, you mentioned uh, blues as a kind of potential influence uh, you know how would you just kind of describe uh, some of his work
1: yeah it, it it's always felt very soulful to me like you know and soulful in the sense of maybe I don't know my mind goes to 60s or 70s soul music and with these sort of very large and ambitious arrangements and orchestrations. so you have you know the you have this sort of uh basic setup of you know guitars drums bass and then you have a brass section very often and then a string section so it's all you know The the soundscape doesn't it, it it's not at all reminiscent of what you would think of as icelandic music mm. and um, it was funny asking him about that of when I was trying to sort of you know tease out his influences um he said that he actually doesn't listen to a lot of soul music per se um he's a big Bob Dylan guy mm. listens to a lot of film music um and, and that's one of the things that I like about uh you know one of the main points in the um article one of the things that I was fascinated about and wanted to talk to him about was um the song which seemed like very left field somehow, like something that he hadn't done. All of a sudden you have like this choir and it's more, I don't know, prog rock, 60s wild. Um, yeah, but I, I, I guess I, I would say ambitiously orchestrated soul music and he's got this very lovely voice as well. He's a great singer.
0: I mean, I think it's interesting because um there is definitely a lively hip hop scene in Iceland uh, that we've talked about before, um, but you know, I think that for anybody working in Iceland, uh, in you know anything like the rock paradigm, you know, with a guitar and drums and just the basic rock band formula, I mean. In my mind, there's just this kind of inescapable shadow of you know, basically cigar rows, and then this kind of indie rock scene that like grew out of that. That's like very kind of introverted, melancholic, uh, more kind of quiet and downplayed. Um, you know, what's your kind of sense of like where he situates himself as like an Icelandic musician and like like do you feel like there's this kind of almost you know, I mean, it's like obviously it's not so much an influence, right? Uh, but do you think that there's kind of like a desire to escape from like that one category or kind of to maybe redefine like what uh, making rock music in Iceland
1: is? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have like, if we're talking about like the sound of Iceland. Um, of course, Sehruos and Björk come to mind um, very quickly as as these artists who've somehow crafted their own sound mm-hmm. that's somehow very much related to nature and it's weird and you, you know. But when it comes to like some of the newer artists that have emerged after that and that have seen some sort of global success, like Monsters and Men. I mean, Monsters and Men is I mean, to me, it sounds like, you know, somehow very folky American pop. Kaleo, I mean, Kaleo doesn't sound Icelandic at all to me. I mean, that's just, yeah, people have yeah. mentioned, it's just like blues rock from the South. And I, I think it's the same with Is I don't think you'd catch any kind of immediate Icelandic influences. I mean, he seems to be, I mean, he said he grew up listening to a lot of hip hop, Wu-Tang and, and I, I think maybe there's an element of that too. Like all of the old samples that some of the nineties hip hop bands were using was a lot of soul and, and, and blues. So maybe he's building more upon that tradition of like the old school hip hop samples from film and blues and soul. And then there's a little bit of Bob Dylan in there maybe, but who can say, I mean, it's uh he seems to be drawing on a pretty eclectic source material. Yeah.
0: And, you know, just in terms of uh, his reception, I mean, obviously he's very popular, uh, but uh, could you say that he's found like a very large international audience or is it still mostly an Icelandic audience?
1: Uh, I I think it's pretty hard to put a finger on it. I mean, when he started, I believe his first, he started releasing his first singles in what, 2014, 15. um, And I remember he, Got a lot of attention from the Seattle-based radio station KEXP, mm. and one of yeah they uh, really
0: kind of make or break like a lot of uh, beginning indie artists.
1: Yeah, and um, his song "Color Decay" was actually chosen uh, song of the year by one of the one of the um, critics and DJs at KEXP, um, and there was this feeling that he was really about to break out early on. Um, um but i can't say like these days i mean he he, he toured with kaleo which you know have reached quite the global success last summer so uni is open for them last summer in europe um i mean he filled the Elborg auditorium the largest concert hall in in uh, the harpa music and conference hall so i mean i think it's definitely popular in some sense, but maybe not on the scale of Kaleo or Bjerg Kurseuros yet. And I think that's one of the things that he, um, he also mentioned during the interview was that you know he, he prefers smaller, more intimate venues than to these sort of big, big stage performances. And I think that certainly has something to do with his music, which feels very intimate and very somehow, yeah, more suited to that kind of venue. So I'm kind of wondering what his
0: stance is on elves <laughs> because there's an old joke uh, where whenever like record label scouts are about to sign an Icelandic band, they ask them whether they believe in elves um, and this is... Uh, a kind of direct indicator of how internationally successful an up-and-coming Icelandic uh, band will be. Um, case in point, Sigur Rós, and of Monsters and Men all uh, have a certain elf vibe in their own way. So perhaps uh, kind of leaning into the elf thing could be a very good career move. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, I'm not sure what his official stance on elves are, but I uh, he is religious. grew up in this congregation, this Pentecostal kind of congregation in the westman islands and um he had some connection to puffins i don't know if that helps um <laughs> during the recording of his most recent album uh, a puffling actually flew into his uh the door of his studio and uh the story goes that you can hear the, the the crash of the the puffling on the studio door in one of his tracks and he's actually uh he opened the door and he he uh, very carefully placed a puffling into a shoebox in his studio and, and nurtured him for uh, a few hours before letting him out in the wild again. And I think that, that kind of thing is certainly a very uh, very sellable kind of anecdote. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for uh,
0: talking today, Ragnar. Thanks for listening, Eric. Deep North is the official podcast of Iceland Review, the oldest continuously running English-language publication on Iceland covering community, nature, and culture. If you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing to ICEN at our website.